Hi, Riff. Can you hear that? The ghost of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> also, uh, and that his ghost would be here, even though he's still alive. I was thinking of Will Chamberlain. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And this is episode number 259 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. Kevin, you shook your head no when I said I'm Zach. Do you not believe that I'm Zach? I think you also had just a, a second ineffective hand clap. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's just become, you're like, <sighs> clap. clap. Are your hands My heart's tiny. not in it anymore. Your hands aren't in it. Yeah. Mm, I'm not happy and I don't know it. Right. <laughs> That is how that would manifest. If I were, like, severely depressed and I wasn't aware of my depression, it would manifest in shitty clapping. You think? Mm-hmm. Okay. The doctor would say, I'm sorry, you've got the shitty clap. That's why <laughs> oh, you're no. so sad. Riff, we need you to dejectedly say clap in time with Kevin saying clap, so when Zach edits this, he doesn't get confused. <laughs> right? I mean, you guys could just both say clap. 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 Okay, clap. close enough. Clap. 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 I, guys, I can edit the podcast. I can I can make that happen at the same time. Uh, okay. Whether it's it, it really clap. You could have all four of us say it, and then you'd have a one for each ear. Right. You know, <coughs> your quadraphonic exactly. uh, bubble dome stereo phone. Uh, that's bubble a thing dome. from the 70s, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like those chairs that are like a white sphere that it's impossible to get comfortable in? No matter what oh, you're trying like the, to do. the ones where, like, the... It's like you're inside an egg. Yeah. Not like you're on top of an egg. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, those hmm. are different. Those are for exercising your core. Yeah, sure. yeah. You, your core will get blasted. <laughs> like, your core will get just absolutely ruptured. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> if you just sit on an egg... Your, your core will get, like, prolapsed, brah. <laughs> That's why chickens are so weird. Mm -hmm. I was discussing uh, prolapse last night on Twitter. As opposed to like amateur laps? Yeah. Yeah, if you're like really uh, good at running laps. <clears throat> or playing Santa Claus at the mall. <laughs> if you get paid for it, then the kids oh, sit on your prolap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Jim, do you think that you would eventually consider becoming a mall Santa? Like, I feel like if you were 30 years older, you would... I, I feel like I would have that look. You would have yeah. Mall Santa nailed. Yeah, no, that sounds incredibly stressful. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Do you not like kids? You like kids. I mean... You pick up a kid, I, you put him on your lap, you're like, what do you want for Christmas? You're like, mm, you haven't been good, and you throw him away. Yeah, you say <laughs> yeah. no. I like kids in the abstract. Um, you I could feel go like, to a weird mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The cubist they, mall. They just put, yeah. like, the idea of a kid on your lap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I could handle that. Pointillist mall. <laughs> Ma Mondrian. No. The no. National Mall. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nothing. Surf Rock Mall. Have you ever considered uh, going to a mall and being a mall Satan? No. Okay. I mean, why not, right? If they're gonna if they're gonna have this Christian icon Santa, why don't they have the 
<laughs> oh yeah, why don't they? Why don't they give equal rights to the others? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should stage a protest, and we can all wear those V for Vendetta masks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and be cool guys we out could, in front of them all. We could push to have all malls nationalized, and then the government will have to provide separation of church and state, so they will have to allow <laughs> any number of denominations to have their preferred Santa Mall equivalent. Access. We yeah. could push to have Paul Malls nationalized, and then we'd all get as many cigarettes as we wanted for free. It would be like a universal basic income, except for cigarettes. <laughs> oh, but but, but we would use, you'd use those to trade for things like oh, yeah. Yeah. cards and other right. cigarettes. Right. So it's okay. So here we just let the prison industrial complex run wild. Yeah. We nationalize a basic income of cigarettes, and okay. then everybody's fine. You can get all the you can get the shivs you need. Yeah. The uh, what uh, socks to brew Pruno in? <laughs> you can't drink anything. We get Pruno now. What are those? Bottles? Those like uh, beverage heaters? The like little like what are those things? Like they're just like like a coffee cup warmer or like yeah. an immersion heater? Immersion heater. Okay, is like. that what you use to to speed up your speed up your fermentation process? No, I think that's what you just use to cook in prison. It seems like you guys would you'd be the kind of people who would just try Pruno, just make some at home and try it just to see we to see what it was like. Is that like Sterno, but out of, made out of prunes? What, what is I, I honestly have no idea. Okay. Apparently, it's um, booze you can make using just things you find in prison. Yeah, I. So okay. The guy from one of those websites that has three letters that I don't remember what it is. The Zug maybe mm-hmm. made Pruno once, and he to make it authentic, he made it in a really in like a dirty sock oh, and God. stored it open behind the toilet. Uh huh. Like while it was fermenting and tried it, and it said it just tasted like bad wine. But did you did he get drunk? Yeah, I mean it was booze. Yeah, dirty sock. You you have clean so- access to in clean prison. Socks. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It it yeah, there were, you know, a lot of questionable <laughs> decisions. He's the same guy that just like started making his credit card receipt signatures weirder and weirder and weirder to see how bad it had to be before anyone noticed, and just no one ever did. I, I used to draw. I think I told you this story that I've that I used to draw indip- individual frames of a stop motion animation, uh, kind of thing across like, multiple credit card across receipts. multiple credit card oh, receipts. Weird, but you never actually got to play. No, I didn't, and I assumed that no one ever saw it. I just I oh. like had to remember from day to day because like I would go to the same store for like a a year. Every morning I would get like breakfast at this one deli. So the the creature that is running this universe as a simulation sure. will be able to collate all those atoms. Yeah. And see the cute animation that you made. Yeah. What was it? It was just like a guy walking because it was you know the line. So like you have a, a little guy walking across, and then somebody else comes out with a gun, and he like turns around and tries to run away, and then like hits his head on a branch, <laughs> like you know <laughs> the usual. So vaguely threatening credit card slips. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. The the days where you were drawing a frame of an armed robbery and then <laughs> right. handing it back across the counter to the clerk at a store were days that could have been way more interesting if things had gone slightly differently. But again, no one ever pays any attention. Yeah, I mean, mine was just like a little, <clears throat> like a little like one, two, three, filigree four, line that I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six across for <laughs> many, many years. Yeah, he. Uh, in this prank, just started writing card stolen or check signature <laughs> just in block capitals. Like, wow. Finally, somebody called him on it when he just wrote card stolen. I, uh, when I was in England, uh, every time I used my chip card, it required a signature, which it apparently doesn't normally happen with chip cards there. It was only because mine was a U.S. card. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of 
points of sale people like didn't they were it's not that they didn't know how to handle it it's just that it was a rare occurrence for them so they were like uh weird and uh i was at a store bought some beer used my credit card had to sign the thing they then said that they couldn't accept it because the back of my card wasn't signed but then asked me to sign the back of my card in front of them and i said all right what do you think the odds are that these signatures are going to match once i've done this and they didn't think that that was funny (laughs) right the British have no sense of humor. That's what I've concluded based on that. Well, or they told me it was quite funny. Enough. They told me it was quite funny, which oh. I thought meant that it was really <laughs> funny, but it turns out it was, oh, okay, that was fine. That was adequate. Get out of here. <laughs> that's that's still kind of messing me up, that revelation. What do you think of us that made you believe that making Pruno and drinking it is something that we would do? You just drink a lot of weird shit. Huh. <laughs> you did make your own uh, lemon booze. Once you made carbonated whiskey that one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I can't deny what you're saying, but it's it's not a thing that you're describing things that happened three and seven years ago, respectively. Like, yeah, you you did make your own absinthe out of a kit that I got you. Yeah. But yeah, not not, you know, not like prison hooch. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right no, i mean apparently like, you make a big distinction between these things and i don't we do things because we want to not because we need to yeah no, we like, live a life I, of privilege like, and my, me- and comfort. my simulation and my mental simulation of zach in my head would totally try pruno once oh yeah i mean i wouldn't to I'm drink not it or to make it. it uh i don't think you can buy it in the store i think you'd have to make it well you could buy it from a prison you could go to a prison support they're like i'll trade you this knife for your pruno i mean you're really doing your part to stimulate the prison economy yeah this this prison needs all kinds of hats yeah i went to the i went to the hat store and bought a hat the other day because we need all kinds of things in this economy it was an expensive hat it really was and i kind of regret it what kind of hat do you have Buyers it's like horse. a newsboy cap. It was for the it was for the twenties, the speakeasy uh, immersive theater thing that mm. I had to go to twice in a week. I had to, it's legally required. Uh, I just needed a hat to make my the the outfit that I made out of my normal clothes sell as a twenties outfit. Did you uh, wear the same thing both times? Yeah. Did your date wear the same thing both times? Yes. Okay. Why? Just curious. What 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 are you implying? Well, because it so so both I, of these things took place at the exact same moment, so we had to dress the same because when you step in there, you're transported to one night in 1923. Time loop. It's yeah, it's a very specific night too. It's yeah. odd. Same. All the same stuff happened. Why wouldn't we have been dressed the same, Kevin? Well, um, just because there's such there's like an apparent income disparity between you and your date. Sure, because I'm dressed like a lower class, like a working class dude, and she's dressed like a fancy lady. Yes. Yeah, well, shit happens, buddy. She's my uptown girl. Okay. She's been living in her white bread world. Is she Is she slumming it? Maybe. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all, that's all I wanted to know. So we did that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Everyone should go to the speakeasy in San Francisco. Yeah. Get a ticket. Go. Have some drinks. Have some more drinks. Watch some performances. We've talked about it before. It's We've back. both done it during its original run, but it's open again. Yeah. Um, Immersive theater. You know what other weird thing I did? Uh, I went to an event called Come Out and Play. I think it's really an organization called Come Out and Play, and they do it events is. regularly. Uh, and this one was in Fort Mason in San Francisco, which is an old army base. 
I took a picture, which I was going to tweet at them, uh, but then forgot. Uh, I'm going to I'll have to share it with you in a second. There were a bunch of just like games set up out in the world. Um, Mike Laser Walker did a generative poetry thing that we couldn't uh, uh, play with because we had not updated our phones to iOS 10 and were unwilling to do so on a coffee shop Wi-Fi. Uh, but we did do a thing that uh, our friend Andrew Sedotal was running, which was a scavenger hunt inside a bookstore where he had a bulletin board with a bunch of little, uh, like third of an index cards. This is the computer uh, sized things on it that had goals written on them that you, what you did was you went out into the store, found a book that had a passage or a, or whatever that was listed on this card Mm -hmm. and then showed it to him. And then you got to keep the card as a, as your score. And whoever had the most cards at the end of like half an hour won. How many books were there out to choose from? There, it was in a bookstore. It took place so in, an a, entire in a bookstore. Bookstores. Yeah. So a lot of what it was, it would say like a betrayal. So uh, you're like, okay, well, if you can remember the specific point in a specific book where a betrayal takes place, then you go get that book and bring it back. Huh, you know, huh. some of them were easy, like a map of a real place, a map of a fictional place, like a reference to a mathematician, <clears throat> a reference to a philosopher. Um, a so depiction of a musical no. actual knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, some of it was just like, oh, that would be easy. All I have to do is go to the biography section or go to the science section and find something. Right. Um, the ones that were pictures of things were, were pretty easy. The ones that were, the ones that were more abstract, like just required you to know something there, one of them was a guess. And so I just went and grabbed a copy of the Hobbit and mm-hmm. I knew the name of the chapter that, that riddles in the dark where the the guessing game took place and you know so it's like i wonder if what if uh what if there's an extra extra qualification that you couldn't use one that somebody else had already done you could not use the same book to get multiple things and also i think that actually is built in because only one person gets to score that one oh that's true okay so Oh, the card itself. Yeah, like, and also that it incentivizes you not spending a ton of time on it because somebody else might have swooped in and gotten it while you were busy finding it. Mm. So it was it was an interesting sort of time as a resource management problem. It was a lot of fun, um, but it's definitely a thing that requires you to have read and have recall of a lot of books if you want to be good at it. I think. Did you win when you played? I did win when I played. You 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 have both read a lot of things and have really good recall. It was interesting to be playing it in a bookstore that was filled with customers. It made oh, it so shit. people were a lot less cutthroat about like running fast and yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, Could you pretend to be a customer to to <laughs> to thwart your other uh, yeah. your, your opponents? I don't know how that would. You could. I mean, I guess you could just be like, "How dare you!" You know, you pretend you're looking at something really important right. to somebody who was in a hurry to get to smack a book out of somebody's hand. Yeah. Hit them with your handbag. There's a bunch of stuff where they had like a million copies of like every Harry Potter book in there. So if there was anything that you remembered from Harry Potter, it was easy to find and use. But that was fun. I didn't get to do any of the other come out and play things because we didn't have a lot of time. You didn't go at all because you don't support your friends. Uh, I Sure. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Kevin Simmons, bad <coughs> friend. Just kidding, Kevin. You're the best friend a guy could hope for. What What was I doing instead of that? I think Man, I, was I don't know. In bed, <laughs> probably. Yeah, you were probably sick. That sounds like you. <laughs> probably making Pruno. That sounds like you. That was Jim saying that. Right. That sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs>
What have you been up to, Riff? Hmm, not much new. I got a couple of couple couple more board games that I haven't got around to playing yet because of the video game that I'm going to talk about later. Did you get a copy of Seafall? I did get a copy of Seafall. That is one of the two. Did you get a copy of Seafall? I did get a copy of Seafall. That is one of the two. That is, it's you got a second board game as well. Looking, yes. I I really want to play it, but there's no way I can organize a group of people here to play it with any regularity. So I'm not sure what I'm going to have to do. Well, what do you mean there is no way you can? Yeah, that's categorically false. Eh, Gary's Gary's cadre is like full to burst apparently and overscheduled and my other and and you don't know anyone else my other set of friends is like they all have like two kids a piece and real jobs and we already have a tabletop rpg campaign going that we barely managed to get together like a game every six weeks (laughs) so riff there are dozens of other humans in portland well, Literally yes, dozens, but I'm not going to get together a group of strangers to play this. You know me. But why well not? To not even they wouldn't be strangers that. anymore. Look, a, a stranger <laughs> is just a friend you haven't played Seafall against yet. <laughs> I think Benjamin Franklin said that. I've, There's I'm a bunch sure of people did. who who make video games, who make other kinds of games, who uh who would love to there are toilet repairmen who would enjoy playing seafall there are they probably have way more time than people make video games too so there are electrical outlet designers that would enjoy playing seafall there are parasite researchers i guess somebody had to design the first one and they're still living off the profits yeah yep damn patent laws (laughs) Uh, but uh, I also got a thing called. Let me lean over here where you can't hear me because I'm not next to the mic anymore. Mythos Tales, uh, which is. Do you know the um, the old uh, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game? Yeah, uh, it's exactly that except H.P. Lovecraft. I thought that there was already that i thought that a study in emerald was uh i think a study in emerald is more of a more regular board game oh i don't know huh. for certain i haven't i haven't played that so in mythos tales which of the old gods flies the airplane uh i don't are i don't know yet what are you talking about i think it's launchpad are you quack. yeah i think you're thinking of the jungle book or are you <laughs> Duck, what was Ducktales? Yeah, but okay. What was the one with the Jungle Book characters though? Oh, Tailspin. Oh, Tailspin. Tailspin. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I don't think of Ducktales. I mean, yeah, I guess they're in the same a universe. Aren't pilot they? in Ducktales. But aren't they the same universe? Are they? Are they the same? I they were. Didn't Is it a, didn't a the Darkwing mythos? Duck creator say go on record recently as saying that the Darkwing Duck world was not the Ducktales world? Because it actually takes place in Mega Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a that's a joke. Te- Riff, that's a joke about the Ducktales video game. Uh, no, the Darkwing the, Duck. Sorry, video the Darkwing game. Duck video yeah. game. Yeah, Mega Man, yeah. <clears throat> the Ducktales video game is pretty good. I don't remember it. We played it as an assignment. Yeah. You had a golf swing. You had a pogo jump. Oh right! You went to yeah, the moon. Wow, that was and it was not documented very well. <laughs> huh, if you read, if you read the instructions, give you the thrill was. of discovery. That's what <clears throat> that thing did. Sure. And the music was really good. Sure. 
it remains to this day. Really good. <laughs> uh, so you you have acquired some things. I've, How are you going to play that game, Riff? Oh, that one's totally cooperative, so you can play it solo. Um, yeah, that's I I I acquired those two, but have not uh, have not uh, played them yet because I've been busy playing uh, Zero Time Dilemma and also World of Warcraft. Naturally. Naturally. What have you been up to non-video game-wise, Jim? Anything? I totally had a thing. Oh, yeah, that was shit. I said, oh, yeah, before I remembered what it was. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I totally had a it's thing like, 15 it's like minutes when you ago. hurt yourself or, like, something is about to hurt you, and so you're like, ow, and yeah, then it doesn't no, actually I, hurt. I'm imagining I'm going to think of it. Right. Fake it till you make it. When Kevin asked you what you did this weekend, you said nothing. That was what no, I was going to do. That was the plans. Weekend. Plans yeah. for the future. Oh, well, yeah, always no, what you're going to do in the future it's a, is it's nothing. It's amazing. <laughs> nothing. Just li- <laughs> lounge around the house. Taken to the extreme. Far enough in the future. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Do you, uh, do you wear pajamas, Jim? Sometimes. Do you have, like, you have you own pajamas? I own pajamas. Like, during the, the summer months, which I still count as now, uh, I wear um, uh, that's, track pants. Pretty sure it's not summer anymore. Yeah, in, San Francisco, in San Francisco, it definitely yeah. like oh, September it? and October are the hottest months of the year. Do you okay. ever That's call nice. them pajamas? What? Never done that. Okay. Never. Do you ever call them your Jimmy Jimmy Jams? Yeah. Pajamas. Do you call them Pie Kevin's? Kevin. Kind of. Yeah. It's, they've got uh, Ninja Turtles on I don't, them, but I don't wear pajamas, so I don't. Oh. I never have to worry about that. Or Kevin's. I don't have either of those. Yeah, things. you just sleep in your Skevins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's your Skivvies, but. With Kevin, right? <laughs> J- Jimmy Jams I still racking really my though. head for what I what I what I thought of ten minutes ago. You're, you're sure it wasn't your Jim your Jim Jam party slam? What were you, what were you talking Jimbo's? about ten minutes ago, Zach? Uh, the bookstore scavenger hunt, probably. Okay. Ducktales. Oh, that was it. Oh. That was it. That was it. You talked about you mentioned Harry Potter, and I was I've been reading the first Harry Potter book. Okay, for the first time. Yeah, we got we got a topic, guys. Yay. Uh, no, I tried reading it uh, in my teens, and I put it down pretty early on. Wait, it came out when you were a teenager? Uh, maybe my early twenties. Came out when we were teenagers, no. didn't it? No, uh, that was no. I, uh, I feel like I discovered. I, I tried reading it shortly after it was published. And I put it on pretty early. I think that we were maybe 19 when the first Harry Potter book I, came out. I disagree. Okay. I, I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Sorry, Jim. No, this is good. This is good. Now I don't have to be the only jerk ruining the pacing. 97. Wow. I would not have. Uh, so, so we were 21. I was. I was 18 in 1997. Okay. okay so it came out in your teens. Wow. No. Okay. No. <clears throat> that is when I started to become aware of them. Was in like 2000. Well, I think the third or yeah, fourth book was was out. Mm, that's when I started yeah. to read them. And so you've never read the whole series? Never. Well, never read any of them except for like the first. The first portion. one is kind of bad and so very much a children's book. Yeah, so they get, you know, yeah. And my my up. main reaction to like the first third of this book is that. The author is spending a whole lot of time trying to tell you about how terrible Harry Potter's foster family is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, the, 
I thought we were done with that stuff, and then there was another chapter that opens with the Dursleys again. Apparently, like this is this is just like uh, he goes back to them uh, for many years. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, for like summer vacations and shit. It, it has to be extremely clear how much he deserves all the all all the <laughs> the heroic nonsense he lucks into. So, oh, I, I see. I, I I didn't actually make it. Cl- I didn't actually make the connection in my head that that was the intent. It's worth powering through so that you can read the third book. Okay. Yeah, once, once, because they... Could I could I just skip right to the third book? There's a lot of backstory that yeah, would be confusing. Yeah, I think yeah. that you'd... You need to care <clears throat> about them a little bit. And it bu- it builds. Yeah. So the first couple of movies. That covers all the bullet points. Yeah, mm. that pr- that might be enough, actually. And the bullet points, like when they go into the Hogwarts dungeon and fight a bullet <laughs> and a Zorn. Aside from aside from that, I like it. Yeah, and it's uh, they they pretty get, interesting they world get building. more interesting reading as you go too, because the because of the way the tone and the complexity ramp up as the as the readers were aging. Yeah, the seventh one is just porn. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Th- this is something that I remember my sister talking about. About how she uh, grew up along with those characters, and it was the ideal way to read those books. And I don't know how you're supposed to give it to your kids. Like, are you going to hold it, hold back mm. one a year? Yeah, I mean, if I oh, were, huh. if I were, when the do kid that, wants to go to, right into like, the next one immediately, like do it, do like this is this is one of the things you always get for your birthday is the next oh, time yeah. book or something. Mm. Ben Burbank's kids do not yet know that the prequel trilogies exist. Good. That's fun. (laughs) They love Star Wars, but they do not know about the prequel movies. Okay. That's probably for the best. So, I mean, to recreate the way that I experienced the series, I would read the first three or four and then get one a year. Mm. And Yeah. For a while, I was rereading the whole series every time a new one came out. Yeah. And then I stopped doing that. Up until like five or something. Yeah. And then I barely remember anything about five, six, and seven because I just didn't like them. You're saying you don't like porn, Zach? <laughs> did you did you ever finish I reading like British porn? Oh, fair enough. Uh, Weird the, teeth. <laughs> the E.B. White uh, book no. that I suggested you read or gave to you or something. I forget how that went down. Was it one you suggested the... it. So it's once, a, once in Future it. King. Oh, okay. No, I really should, because I only read the happy part. Yeah, so that's. I'm wondering if you would just not dig the unhappy part. I think part of why I didn't like the first part is because it just seemed a little too whimsical. Okay, so yeah, I it's you know I read it when I was a kid, and really got into it. And what was the other thing that I was really into? And you read you read as an adult, and we're like, ah, no. I think that was the uh, the Icewind Dale trilogy. No, no, it was. Um, I I actually liked it a lot. Oh, you did. The okay. it was the the first uh, Drizzt book. Uh, it was the first book in that R.A. Salvatore series, which was just the most like generic ass fantasy bullshit. Like a dwarf makes a magic hammer, <laughs> like it, it like under the moon. It's it, like it was great. <laughs> And you loaned me the second book in the series, and I think I just never got around to reading it. It isn't okay. that I didn't like it. It's that, oh, okay. like It was like I, I discovered this thing as an adult. I'm like, wow, this is some really cool generic-ass fantasy. That's what I crave. Yep. And then you were like, oh, yeah, that book was really important to me as a kid. Yeah. 
Is the sequel about how the dwarf got a little bit better and made a plus two hammer? I don't remember. Uh, he used, it might have been. used that, that that's... hammer to make something else. Right, yeah. Mm. No, he wasn't sure what kind of magical properties it was going to have, and then he threw it, and then it teleported back into his hand, and he was like, fuck yeah. Ari Salvatore was involved <laughs> in that whole... Um... 9 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drist can't the, melt steel beams. Was it 38 studios or 83? What it was the, what was the like? Oh, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling's yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah. He did, he did like a bunch of like spec story writing early on before it collapsed. Like, um, like little bitty stories that like were printed so small that yes, you couldn't spec, see them. Spec stories. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Are we coming up on the time? Where we should expect like a tell-all uh, about the development of Nuke Nukem Forever. Hmm. I feel like it's been almost ten years. It's uh, been almost ten years since long. the almost ten years that it took. No, maybe not. Yeah, no. I think that it came out like three years ago. That can't be right. Maybe you're right. It's it's gonna take a lot of time to compile all of the stories. We yeah. should do that as an assignment. It must only be like 50 cents at this point right yeah i mean i i bought the special edition when i saw that it came with duke nukem's bust it was like, it's like three dollars on amazon. amazon nice so you have a bust of duke nukem yes. above your chamber door <laughs> that's a good place for it yeah that's <laughs> just a, just the just raven glowering at you, <laughs> sitting sitting regally atop the bust of Duke Nukem. <laughs> 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 All right, Riff, let's write a let's write a sick Duke Nukem version of the Raven and recite it, and then I'll edit it in here. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm editing. I'm editing this show tonight, but we should. We should do that for a, for a for, future for the, when we're doing the assignment. future episode or a video. Yeah, when we do Duke Nukem. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna play Duke Nukem, the original game from 1990. Yeah, the platformer. Yeah, it was pretty good, as I recall. Yeah. Does Duke Nukem have any like simple three syllable catchphrases? <laughs> I don't remember any of his dialogue. I only remember it was kick ass suck it. You, uh, quote Duke Nukem. <laughs> Suck it down. <laughs> Suck it down. He, I remember a cutscene from Duke Nukem 3D where he tears off, after you beat a boss, he tears off its head and shits down its throat. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because he had promised that <laughs> earlier in the level, and Duke Nukem yeah. is nothing if not a man of his and, word. And we have to put it on camera. Yep. yep. Was was the platforming Duke Nukem in the same engine as like the Commander Keen game? Ish. No, I mean Duke Nukem was its own engine. Uh, Commander Keen uh, had a smooth scrolling engine. Duke Nukem was, I think, eight by eight tiles, almost a character mode game. Were they not? Were they not both? Did it, who did did ID make either of these? It, it made Commander Keen. Okay. Um, Duke did Nukem, Epic make Duke Nukem? Duke Nukem was uh, it was published by Apogee. It was developed by. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Todd Replogle. Mm. Like you, you can tell this is like shit I was playing when I was 13. Cause I remember, I remember all the names everything. involved. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I remember, I remember really enjoying the commander keen games. Yeah. The Epic game was Jill of the jungle. Oh yeah. Mm. And they made a pinball game that was really good. Yeah. I don't remember that. I only ever one. played the free. I think it was just called Epic pinball. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, it was called Epic Mickey. Uh -huh. 
Um, <laughs> I still can't believe they went with that name. Like, I thought that was a working title and they were going to come mm, up with the yeah. real name for when they actually published it. It's too bad it was terrible. It sounded so good. Yeah, it, it had seemed those, like, like crazy, like post-apocalypse looking designs in the, in the, uh, what's name art? Concept, concept art. Epcot Center? Yeah. <laughs> the Epcot Center art. I think Campo Santo just hired a new Epcot Center artist. <laughs> That's what concept is short for. Epconceptor. Epconceptor? Yeah. That's uh, what the king the of royal Epconceptor is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I played a bunch of both Epic Mickey games, and yeah, they're not very good. It's a shame. What's the what is that g- series? That's the Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Thank you. Also, not very good. <laughs> that was exactly what I was looking. <laughs> well, <for>. yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and that sucks because that should have been good, also. But, but it had some good sections. It well, so like I mean, my experience cool. of it was like playing through the tutorial, and it's like, wow, moving around is terrible. <laughs> Combat is terrible, yeah. and I'm constantly being interrupted for 45 minutes of Donald Duck bullshit in a cutscene. <laughs> so the no camera thanks. Was no was no great shakes. I feel like that was before third person video. They didn't have good. They didn't have good camera shake solved. technology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the- they farmed it out to all those clowns. Shake, shake, the shakes clowns. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that was that where that you was were? kind of where okay. I was going with that? Yeah. Man, did you see? You did because yeah, you told I, me about I, it. I but listeners, that. did you see Bob, Bob Goldthwaite's nephew uh, is kickstarting a play by mail mystery puzzle puzzle thing. hunt thing? Cool. <laughs> it's like this is the exact right. Did you back it, Kevin? I did not yet. Ah, come on, do it. It's not going to fund. You don't think? No, it didn't look like it. It was only day one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, was, well, then maybe it'll fund. The, 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 that was like <clears> the <throat> intro announcement of it. Okay. But, yeah. Hypnospace Outlaw funded. Yay. Yes, it did. Yay. Yeah. That game Yay, looks so totally. weird and good. I wanted it to get more money. Yeah. It'll still be good. No, I'm not I'm not worried that it won't be good. I'm just, I just wanted it to get more money. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe it'll sell like hotcakes. Okay. Dot com. They sell they sell pretty well, right? Who owns hotcakes.com? Siri. Well, it's hard to know because it's constantly being sold. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to do some listener's mail? Okay. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Sure. That's true. Let's see what we got. Uh, St. Intergalactic says, Freddy Krueger was not usually the star of the stories in the series Freddy's Nightmares, but he was a couple of times, most notably the first episode. It was directed by Tobe Hooper and told the story of Freddy's arrest, the subsequent release during trial, and the town's parents unleashing their mob justice. Tobe Hooper? Tobe Hooper. I'm just glad to finally know how to pronounce Tobe. Todd Replugel. Yeah. Tobe Replugel. Toby Replugel. Hi, folks, says Adam Lipkin. I can verify that Freddy's Nightmares had some episodes in which Freddy was the antagonist as well as the narrator. And yeah, the decapitation while running, which was technically a dream death leading to a heart attack, was memorable. Yeah. Windracer says, during your discussion of Dublin Pleasanton at the top of episode 258, Jick offhandedly mentioned Niceville. I think you mean Zach. Niceville is a town in the Florida panhandle that happens to be where my in-laws live. I wasn't sure if Zach was making a play on Pleasant Town with Niceville or maybe he's <laughs> actually been to Niceville. Uh, I, no, I was just making it up, but... 
It does not surprise me that it exists. I recently managed to get my old Atari 800XL out of my parents' basement, and I've been trying to get back into some classic 8-bit gaming. I came across my old discs from Alternate Reality The City and Alternate Reality The Dungeon. Other than playing physical D&D with my friends, this was probably my first RPG video game. I was wondering if any of you guys had played this series back in the day, and if so, what you thought of it. I have read about it. What was the name of it? Alternate Reality colon The City or Alternate Reality colon The Dungeon. They were two different games. Never heard Uh, of it. There is a blog called The the CRPG Addict, I think, where he's just playing like every computer role-playing game kind of chronologically. And what... What it made alternate reality the dungeon sound like was that Elder Scrolls game that was like entirely procedurally generated where it had a gigantic sort of open huge world but not very much of interest going on in it. Like it sounded really impressive if you described it like No Man's Sky but wasn't actually fun to move around in like No Man's Sky. What was the was it Elder Scrolls Arena? No, they were or was da- was Daggerfall both, also? Both of those games were heavily procedural. Arena and Daggerfall yeah. were the ones with just the giant worlds that, that yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody wrote, Spelunky fun fact. If you whip a stack of three gold bars, it separates into three single gold bars. If you collect the stack at the exact same time you whip it, you'll collect double the money. You'll have this you'll have one stack item and three bar items. Well, let's do that all the time. What happens if you get the ghost to touch them at the exact same time? <laughs> Does the ghost only transmutes gems, right? Yeah, Not stacks of gold. Gems. It only transmutes gem into pajamas. 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 Data Vortex says, "Am I just writing in to get the spooky version of my name? No, I also want to hear you talk about the new balance changes in Hearthstone, especially Yog Saron." Uh, okay, what's Data Vortex's spooky Spookloween name? For listeners who have not been listening since last Spookloween, Spookloween is the spooky Spookloween name for Spookloween. Uh, data Center on Fire. It's <laughs> pretty spooky. Oh, that is scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not as afraid of that anymore. Uh, Anyone data happen. center could burn down. It used to be that our entire livelihoods would be destroyed, could be destroyed by a single well-placed meteor <laughs> that is no longer... That is no longer the are, truth. Are you sure? Like, our data still runs on a server somewhere. It's probably all in one building. Yeah, we just don't know you where. Can sue Amazon. I don't know that we have any legal rights to sue. Pretty sure you can sue. Okay. Anybody can sue anybody. You can't sign away your right to sue. Sure. You can sign away your right to your Susie and the Banshees album collection. Uh, I've already forgotten the question. Balance changes in Hearthstone. They just have juggled the costs of some of the cards. I know that they were hoping to not change any of the more cards, any more of the cards from the base set. But they keep doing it. But they do it every once in a while, and it's fine. I mean... A lot of it was just, like, little cost changes. (laughs) The irony of the Yogg-Saron change was, like, when when you start up the game, after you, like, patch it and they've made all the changes, they, like, highlight the area that's been changed. And the Yogg-Saron card has not... The card itself has not changed at all. It's just the implications of it have because like it does not it does not say anywhere that it's going to stop doing its thing yeah, if it gets so Yog Saron is a kind of is a thing that came out with the <clears throat> in the Whispers of the Old Gods expansion and it is this heavily random thing that's pretty that's it's pretty fun it basically for every spell you have cast earlier in the match it casts a random spell with a random target when you play it and that almost always results in it killing itself. 
And the change that they made was after it kills itself, it stops casting spells. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that's it. And so it's just, I guess it's just less fun. It's I think marginally it, less fun I because think, like, sometimes it would survive anyway. And so you still get all the benefits. Also, I feel like it is a thing that they were like, well, how it like this thing is obviously so fucking crazy and unpredictable that it will never see competitive play. But yep. then it did see competitive play. Yeah. It's, and it's aggravating because so, like, I feel like every time I use it, it just ruins everything. And every time somebody else uses it, they become gods. <laughs> and I hate that. Yeah. So clearly that's not how it works. That's just how it feels. I have a fun deck that I use sometimes if my quest, if I get one of the quests, the dailies, that's just like cast 40 spells and it is just a deck that is 29 spells and Yog saron <laughs> So it's just like, and you'd be surprised if all you're trying to do is prolong the game, how easy it is to do that. <laughs> like, uh, and it's always fun. And everybody, you know, opponents seem to enjoy it. I would enjoy it if somebody did that to me. If I was, would you really? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Because I would win, and I would see a lot of cool shit happen. Uh, Our chicken says, "I can see sleep no more with my girlfriend on a trip. Sounds like the show is better if seen more than once. Is it good seen only once? Are we going to end up with no idea of what's going on, or is it satisfying to watch if you can't explore it all? Oh, it's absolutely." absolutely worth seeing just once i had no idea what was going on and i did not see a lot of the actual show and i had a great time yeah it's that's not really what it's about the actual show is a bunch of modern dance so it's not that cool there's some nudity which is fine if that's your thing if you like like harry potter book seven (laughs) uh yeah definitely 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 see it uh, Wolf Cow, and also, uh, Victor, the West of Loathing programmer pointed this out. Captain Placeholder was originally put into WoW way back in beta. He existed to send you between ports before they got the boats implemented, and he was removed once they got them working. Oh. And nobody knows why an elf with his name exists in Legion, though. Uh, let's see. Steve says, I submit that if Kevin doesn't enjoy Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson yelling about how much water to put in a jug, that he secretly actually doesn't like movies or puzzles because that shit was amazing. No. Great movie. <laughs> it was so dumb. F writes, Zach didn't mention how his flights were to France. How much booze was involved? Zero booze on the way to France, actually. I So what? I went to the doctor and how I said, that doctor, I'm afraid of flying. Is there a pill I can take that will make me not afraid of flying? And he said, yes, there is. Here is a bottle of them. And I haven't been afraid to fly ever since. <laughs> is it just, just Valium? Drink the entire bottle. It is just Valium, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, which is, which is a thing that, like, when, uh, when I've seen other people take it, they start acting all loopy and kind of drunk. And that is not what it does to me even a little bit. Like, I just sit there saying, I don't think this is working. I don't think this is doing anything. I'm still kind of scared to get on this airplane. But then once the plane takes off, it just kind of doesn't matter that I'm scared. Like, my hands will still get sweaty and I'll still feel kind of off kilter. But, like, my heart rate won't increase and, like, no adrenaline will come out. So it's like, huh, okay. (laughs) This is fine. And... I just know like now instead of having anxiety dreams about having to be on an airplane, I have anxiety dreams about being on an airplane and having forgotten to bring the Valium <laughs> with me, which is a weird okay. thing. And, you know, also you're naked. <laughs> I hope it never happens. Uh, that'd be fine. I mean, I usually get naked on the plane anyway. I'm all hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> Nothing can stop me. A fr- friend of mine who works on VR stuff was talking about how as we 
close the the believability gap with VR, uh, there are always going to be people who are taking drugs like Valium that make you more like credulous and accepting of what you're presented with to uh, just to close it even sooner. Yeah. To close it sooner. Yeah. I feel like I would describe weed as a drug that is like that, but not Valium. I don't know. I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe it does different things to people who don't have the kind of anxiety that it would be prescribed for. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Brain chemistry. I've never tried VR on weed. Have you tried VR on Wii? Mm-hmm. Like French depression yeah. style? The, the Wii really does not drive. <laughs> it's, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Google Cardboard, except for the Wii U controller. <laughs> so it's just you fucking just slide huge. It in there and <laughs> yeah. I mean, that might work <laughs> right does it actually have motion sensors in yeah, it or is yeah, it, it just does. using it does, the... but i think the screen is probably not high enough resolution. oh because yeah because the the little uh the candles are optional right you don't actually have to light two candles on top of your television to... <laughs> right yeah well the wii u doesn't have that like unless you plug in the sensor bar to play wii games but you can yeah you totally can okay yeah but uh yeah the um the wii u gamepad has at least accelerometers. I don't think it's quite as good because, as you say, it doesn't have the sensor bar. You can't point accurately with it. Do do candles work instead? Is it just two infrared it, sources? Yeah, yeah, it has to be just IR light. Wow. Huh. And they're they're nicer too. Like sure, you're like both it's playing romantic. bowling with your grandma and it's summoning romantic. a demon. Oh. <laughs> and seducing your grandma. Yeah, romantic you bowling. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Speaking of romantic bowling, have you guys played any video games? Riff, you have. You played Zero Gym Dilemma. I was waiting to see if I was going to be going first. Zero Pajama Dilemma. Uh, yeah, Slimmy I've been playing uh, Zero Time Dilemma, the, the third uh, in the uh, Zero Escape series. Super good. If if you if is that six 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 nine room nines it's, is that it's, that series it's nine 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 and then the second one was called uh, Virtue's Last Reward. Okay. Yeah, there. I mean, you you guys being guys who are into both room escapes and like weird ass time travel alternate universe Schrodinger's cat stuff, you should check it out. I think you might like it, although it, it's you kind of have to play all three of them in order uh, because each each subsequent one has like recurring themes and characters from the previous ones. So you would miss out on a lot of context, not trying to play the second or third one without knowing what had gone before. If I but, tried to play Hotel Dusk and absolutely fucking hated it it's not the same thing as hotel dusk it it okay it is um basically what they are is it's it's a visual novel it's more heavily branching than most visual novels are it it's a lot more choose your own adventure um in terms of how many how many branch points there are um and then the branch points in between the branch points there's uh like a 3d room escape game and uh the basic 
the basic plot for all three of them is that there there's this group of nine people who have been trapped in this underground bunker or warehouse and some mysterious person or entity called zero uh informs them that they've been they've been kidnapped to play this game and uh the the three of them each have slightly different rules to the game but what it boils down to is this this alternation between room escapes and then having to make some kind of decision based on what the rules for that episode's game is uh that sort of determines what your branch point branching point is in the narrative and then as things as things proceed it becomes clear that not all of the characters are going to be able to escape so that's when murders start happening and and the murder mystery stuff starts appearing and then uh and also as the narrative goes on you start discovering more and more like weird phenomena stuff and how I don't know how uh alternate timelines and psychic phenomena and so on are starting to tie into the narrative and it does it really well because it it ramps that stuff up uh, gradually enough that it's not jarring like right out of the gate like there's you'll see some there's like some weird things that happen and you go huh what was that and then it distracts you and until it comes back around to getting explanations for that which turn out to be even weirder than you expected and and it throws in a lot of twists and yeah, i don't know it's just really good stuff it's good stories and good puzzles what would you say the ratio is of gameplay to visual novel bullshit? Um, hey, fifty-fifty-ish. Less. It's hmm, it's okay. it's worse for the first one because the problem with the first one and and what turns a lot of people off to the series initially is that um, the way the way these games are structured. Uh, you, in order to get all the endings, in order to get the best ending, you have to have seen all the previous endings, generally, because you have to get information and, like, passwords and, and, and learn things that the characters need to know in order to unlock what, what happens to create the circumstances for the best ending. And you get those by, go by going through all, all the other paths that exist through the game. And, and part of what's neat about it is that, because it's a game about time travel and alternate timelines and, and psychic stuff, uh, the notion of playing through and seeing other endings and other timelines is part of the canon. So it's not like just a meta thing because you're playing a video game. It's actually part of the story that, that these other timelines okay. are real. Um, but because because of this, because of having to play through all of this, the first game doesn't handle the repetition well because you have to play through again to get back to that choice point. And the whereas the se the second and third game handle it really nicely because they give you a whole flowchart map and you can just one tap go back to where that decision mm. was. The first one does not, although it, do, it does have like a fast forward button so you can spin through the text really quick, but it still takes a while if the, if the choice point you want is near the end of the game. But if you don't care about getting the best ending, I mean, nah. could, you, could, you, could you just play 999 once and get enough out of it to make it worth 
your while to play the second one and then the third one or do you yeah maybe if you like did that and then also like read the summary on wikipedia or something like that okay that might be sufficient how long I, how I long would it take to play through 999 once uh i i it's been so long since i played it i couldn't tell you i'm up but is it on the order of like a five hours or is it like a 50 hours uh in the middle of that maybe like a 20 to 30 okay if you're if you if you're ca- I, 20 or 30 to <clears throat> 100% it. If you to do oh. to do one playthrough, I guess you could probably do it in 5 or 6 hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem out of line. Oh wait, so does that imply that you have to that you're playing through it 6 times at Well, because because the um because because of all the branching. Like there's the the first time you play through it, you're probably only going to see like three of the room escape puzzles because every branch gets its own set of them. Oh, I see. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're super cool. Zach, have you considered just searching room escape game on Google and clicking on some flash results and playing those? I've probably played them all. Okay. All of them? No, probably not. But Isn't it weird how adventure games are dead, but, Room Escape games are are doing fine. Hmm. I don't know that adventure games are dead. People are still making adventure games. Like I think adventure games just games. got ab- absorbed into every other genre, and yeah. real life Room Escape games are different than adventure games because their scope is really well defined and really well presented. And yeah. you also long. also they are based on real world physics. So you know the solution to like a four digit lock is gonna be a four digit code mm-hmm. and not a rubber chicken with a pulley in it. Yeah. Yeah. We did two room escapes in one night. Yeah. While yeah. we were Fantastic in Austin. Arcade. It was great. We did one and we finished it quickly enough that we were like there's nobody else here. They've got another room that we could do. Let's just do it. Yeah. It was neat. The second one was like a prison escape. Yeah. They like put us in different Yeah, they lock cells. you into multiple cells and you have to communicate back and forth. It's good. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the great, no, Austin escape game. The escape we, game, yeah. Austin. I don't remember. The escape game, I think. Yeah. We won... We got two free shirts from doing room escapes we did. in Gosh. one trip. Each? Yeah, we, we solved all the puzzles. Yeah. Two each, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we could make a living doing that. No. <laughs> just just yeah. awesome the just, shirts afterwards. Just touring. Just eating shirts. Touring the United States. <laughs> I mean, doing room escape rooms games. costs like 30 bucks. Oh, like, okay, you, you pay know, to so. do them. Yes. Got uh, any Got any interesting World of Warcraft dotes? Um, if you play Dota, they'd be Dota Dotes. Dota Dotes, Dotato Day, um, Daisy Dotes and Dozy Dotes and uh, Oopsie Dozy Dotes. W- waking Marsy Dotes. Those are your <laughs> anecdotes about playing Waking Mars. Oh, it's short for anecdote. I get MS Dossy Dotes. Uh, now nah, I'm I'm sort of I'm at the cap and just sort of farming rep with the main guys you need rep for and waiting for. LFR to unlock for the end of the Emerald Nightmare Raid so I can do a couple of quests that are waiting on me beating the last boss of that for progression. What uh, is LFR like an elephant looking for raid? Why why does why oh, why is that not unlocked? 
I honestly thought you were talking about a character named Elephar. <laughs> that's what I heard too. That would too. be funny if there is a that that's a good opportunity for them to throw a joke in there somewhere. He's like Bavar but an elephant. Mm-hmm. Uh why is it not unlocked? Like what explain how that The the works. LFR version of the raids uh unlock like like three bosses a week. They they unlock in stages. Just I guess partly as an advantage so that because they want to encourage people to play like normal mode and heroic mode instead of relying on the on the the random party generation tools the the uh, they they trickle the LFR versions out a little more slowly I wonder have they like are they doing balancing in the background or are they that's also possible are they finishing content? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because the I mean the full versions of that raid are already out, so it's it's definitely content complete. Oh. Well, what about you, Kevin? What have you played? Uh, I have played a couple of games. Um, most recently, I played Burly Men at Sea. Um. Which is super charming. It is this uh, like a sort of adorable little mobile game where uh, the interface is constrained to a circle, and uh, you sort of tap on the side of the screen to enlarge the circle, and your characters are, like you are controlling these three sailors, uh, and you tap on the side of the circle, and it sort of expands, and you walk off to the side, and you see more of the world that way. Um, and it is, it's, I would say it is very light on gameplay. Uh, it's kind of got these like small puzzle like interactions. Uh, but it is very much a sort of branching narrative game where you make decisions about what you want to do. And that has a sort of often unpredictable, um, impact on sort of where you go from there. Um, but the writing is, the writing is pretty decent and the art style is super, uh, super cute. Um, these are the same people that made Doggins. I don't know if you remember that. That was a, an assignment a while back. Um, which was a very was short, a, like a, a, yeah, minimalist adventure game. Yeah. Um, and it was like, at, like 15, dog. yeah, 15 or 20 minutes in length, which was, I mean, it was great. It was like a, you know, a fun little interaction. Um, and this this feels like there's more going on. I've only played through like one and a half times. Uh, so I'm not so when you say the interface is constrained to a circle, yeah, what I'm I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. So the it, it's the screen is vignetted so okay. that you see uh, so you just see a circle of content uh, on there. There is more world outside of that uh, side to side at least, um, and so you sort of grab the edge of the circle and pull it to the side and then your character sort of start walking that direction. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it is an unconventional interface, uh, but um, it, it works in a way. It's a way to, so you're, you're dragging the vignetting around. Yeah. Basically. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you're like, it's a way to, to have relatively small spaces, but still not reveal everything all at once um, so that you can, encounter something and if you decide to interact with it maybe you don't ever see what was on the other half potentially because maybe that the thing that you interact with takes you out of the out of the scene right um moves the story along so 
uh, <clears throat> I played another. I played a couple other iOS games. I played um, a game called Bit Bit Blocks, hmm. um, which is a it's a two player game, it's sort of in its formulation, but it has a single player mode, uh, and it's it's one of those games where you sort of make it, it's a grid of blocks. And you drag blocks around to make clusters of like four or more blocks in rectangular shapes, and then you can tap them to sort of send them off to your opponent's side, and that sort of causes their screen to get more full it's like it's like competitive tetris but on one device so like two sides of an ipad kind of situation Mm. Uh, and you're playing against the computer if you just play single player Um, and it starts off really the single player mode starts off really easy and then gets the the curve is extremely steep and gets very hard very quickly and the later stages Um, but it's pretty fun Uh, and i think it would be a lot of fun on a like an ipad 1v1 versus another person honestly uh, and then I played a game called Tumblestone on the PC on Steam. Um, I think I remember playing that at the Seattle. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I first day. saw it. Um, I believe it has a four-player mode. It's like a puzzle game where you are trying to remove blocks from a tableau, uh, and you have to remove. Like, if you remove a block, you can get access to the blocks behind it, uh, and you're doing them with sets of three. So there is. There are ways in which you can sort of get yourself, knock yourself into a corner, not be able to remove stuff, uh, and then there are, there's obviously a path through that gets that clears everything off. And that you're not being given random pieces to draw. No, these, like you're, the, each level is just a puzzle. Yes, I believe at some point there might be a procedural element to it, or they're like they might have been procedurally generated but then curated. Um, the problem that I had with this game is that you get a massive bonus. Uh, you're, I think you're getting XP for your character and sort of leveling up and you get a massive bonus if you solve the puzzle correctly on the first try. Hmm. Um, and I don't believe there's a time limit, uh, at least not on the early levels. And there is no way, as far as I can tell, to reset the game and start over. Like, mm-hmm. if you make a mistake on a level, you're just stuck with that forever. Does the XP get you anything? I don't know. I didn't get that far in because I, I reached, the, I hit this, like, block, and I was like, oh, shit, I want to go back and, and just start over so that I can, like, perfect every level. And uh, that wasn't an option, so I just uninstalled it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know like what? A big, if, big if I can't be perfect, to, I'm not yeah. going to be involved at all. So, I like, the, and that is way more about me than it is about the game, I think, but... Yeah, but it's a fair yeah, yeah that's criticism a totally of. So just that's just sort of. I met the Tumblestone developer at GDC. Oh yeah, and he was really awkward and trying to get away from the conversation. Okay. And maybe when I met him again at PAX, accuse him of that, having an unfair mechanic in his game. Well, what <laughs> what I actually have what actually happened was that I met him again at PAX, and he came up and apologized to me. Oh. Saying he thought that I was Ricardo Zaccone, CEO of King.com. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he was afraid I was going to rip off his game idea. Okay. Is I that believe- because at GDC you were wearing your Ricardo's? Yeah, Zar- in Zar- both cases uh, I was, yeah. CEO of King.com, GDC uh, badge. Yes. Yeah. I believe this, I think that he's the same dev that made The Bridge. Mm. Uh, which we played as an assignment once, which was the, I think, the black and white uh, world that of you MC kind of like. Escher fl- thing. Yeah, you know, I think you flip the world upside down and the physics, like it sort of, uh, you know, objects rotate and stuff like that. Guys, I'm playing World of Warcraft right now. Uh, that's Yay. just so wrong. Uh, you and can't then, play video games on a video game podcast. 
I played a game uh, that Zach also played and that he wanted me to remind him about, uh, and he probably has more things to say about it than I did because he played a lot more of it, uh, which was the Star Wars Battle Pod. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was in an arcade. I played a bunch of uh, pinball and and, uh, and this Star Wars Battle Pod Yeah, game. we went to the old Pinballs Arcade in Austin T- TX, yeah. which was BYOB, and we forgot to be yeah. out. We forgot that to B-O-O-B. Serious yeah. oversight. Uh, we forgot to boob. But we did it with with friend of the show, David Bass. Yeah, friend of the show, Yay. David Bass. Took us to this place. Although I remembered suddenly when we went there that I had been there before um, oh, on weird. a previous trip through Austin. Uh, yeah, that Star Wars Battle Pod game I played on the boardwalk in Santa Cruz a few months ago. Because they have multiple versions. Of yeah, it. I played the big expensive version of it that like you sit in and it's all immersive in an, in an, in an enclosed space. And it was fucking terrible. And... I just had nothing good to say about it. Playing this one, where it's just playing on a nice high-res monitor right in front of you, was great. And the distinction mm. is that the the one that where you get into the the device is like a projection screen. Yeah, it's, it's like degrees. a huge curved projector. Okay, and it's just blown out to look like a PS One game mm. uh, at at the resolution that the projector is. Um, also, we played it co-op. I think so did you, right? Like me and mm-hmm. me and David Bass played. We just spent like probably fifteen dollars worth of tokens mm-hmm. just playing every mission on this game. It has Except- a really high incentive to because it's like eight. This the, yeah, it's the half as expensive to play the second mission repeat. or yeah. third or fourth as it is to play the first one. Yeah, so like so, once yeah. they, once you're in, you, like it makes a lot of sense to just be like, oh, I guess I'll just keep playing all the rest of the missions. Yeah. And only in the very hard ones is it sort of possible to fail. I, we failed the first one. Oh yeah, we didn't blow up the Death Star. Oh, it was we did an easy one and just and we missed the shot. It would be over then anyway. I guess I mean even when oh you mean only like in the hard ones is possible through. to lose early. Oh, I didn't even know that was a possibility. I assumed that you just like either completed your mission or not, but it was always at the critical juncture that that happened. You can like get blown up and stuff. I think so. Oh, wow, that I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We did. We played one where uh, w- one of us got to be Darth Vader, and we were just blowing up a bunch of X wings. Who what was the, the, Who was the other person? Floating wreckage. I don't know. Just like a one of the X wings. Yeah. Uh, in the floating wreckage of the Death Star. Whoa, that was pretty cool. Um, Which Death Star? The first one. Okay. Because Darth Vader's dead in the when the second one blows up. So it's Darth- like. I mean, if, if you're talking about the plot here, Darth Vader's ship is disabled after the first one blows up. Yeah, for a while. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I would say his ship being disabled is less of a plot hole than him being dead. Uh, I don't know. He's probably got a blue glowy. Okay. You, you could be Darth Vader's force ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flying a, his the force ghost of his ship. Because his ship was also a Jedi. Force ghost, coast to coast. <laughs> it was the con- the consciousness of Joris Kabouth was uploaded into his spaceship. Wow. Joris Kabouth, the insane clone of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That, that also Luke and, and other Luke. I thought he was going to say he was the bigger, was bigger an Luke? insane clown posse Sp- member. Is it smaller Luke? What's the, what's the insane? Bigger, bigger Luke is the is theory, bigger yeah. Luke. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I read a book about the insane clown posse while I was on the airplane to France. Yeah. Uh, well, this is what you did instead of drinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was trying to do that State Department trick for avoiding jet lag. 
Uh, read a book about the insane read clown read a book posse. about the insane clown posse no you just don't eat uh, you, you don't eat for 12 hours before you want it to be morning oh and then that in theory like resets your clock and makes you a lot less jet lagged and it worked I guess I was not nearly as jet lagged as I was the last time I went to Europe and it was a much longer flight than the last time I went to Europe Um, but uh, yeah, this book by a guy who used to write for the AV Club, and I, I believe it is called You Don't Know Me But You Hate Me, and it's just a book about him going to, like, following fish on tour for a long time, and then going to a bunch of, like, to some gatherings of the Juggalos, and to a bunch of Insane Clown Posse events, and just sort of, in, like, what do you call it? Embedded journalism in those two distinct, but, like, you know, Similar. Turns out very thematically similar yeah. subcultures. Yeah. Um, it's good. You know, something that I really want to do, and I think I'm going to make you guys do with me so that we can talk about it, is there is a there is an insane clown posse mythos deck building game that has been published. It is called Into the Echo Side. Echo Side being the insane clown posse version of, like, Hell or the Afterlife. Okay. Uh, the Dark Circus is heaven, right? <laughs> It turned out yeah, that it was Jesus. Jesus. It turns yeah, out dark circus is Jesus. It's the dark carnival, please. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but huh. yeah, I, I want to play this game because I'm sure they didn't design it themselves. You know, I'm sure that somebody made this game. And, and so we should we should play that and the uh, the new Keith Baker Decemberists game to compare. Oh yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Decemberists game versus the Insane Clown Posse game. We'll see yeah. which one. I, I'm guessing see the Insane Clown one Posse wins. one will have, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Insane Clown Posse one will have more like murder and hatchets and shit in it, and that's what I like in a video game. Which is why I like Star Wars Battle Pod. And we can play the Winston Churchill Solitaire game. Oh yeah, uh, I think I played a round of that. I don't remember for certain. Yeah, I it? must have because I I don't. Yeah, I definitely downloaded that app when I saw it being talked about. It was. It was. Is that the one that was? It's a solitaire game. That was it's backed by Donald Rumsfeld. That's, yeah. yes. that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, yeah. He, it, it was like I guess his hobby is is making sure that history does not forget about this game that Churchill invented. Yeah, it was okay. It's a solitaire game. Yeah. What have you played, Jim? Uh, I played some more of The Witcher, uh, mostly at the exhortation of uh, people in the Slack. Witcher one, uh, three. Oh. three. Um, oh, everyone says that it's so great. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but like, I just like it. It's it's a matter of like finding the time for it. Yeah. Um, and you know, it it is well written. It is like the the I was I was pretty impressed by like I started paying attention to uh how minor characters were were written. Um. And they're all pretty well drawn. I was actually pretty impressed. The, uh, the 11 year old girl I talked about from the intro of the game, uh, turns out to be at least, it, it ha- maybe, it, maybe this only happens in one flashback, but she turns out to be a playable character. Hmm. Um, and is much better at fighting so far than Geralt is, or at least I, I found the combat to be much easier in the flashback than in the main game. Is there a is there a point later where Geralt figures out a way to travel seven years into the future so that he can make out with her? Maybe, yeah. Well, this this game actually takes place seven years after that, um, 
after she was 11. So that was, uh, that when she appeared, it was also in a flashback. Hmm. So she is like, so does she eventually turn out to be a love interest? Cause I was joking and that's kind of gross. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, apparently like Geralt and this other woman who appears in the game, they're both looking for Siri, which is the, the only character's name I remember other than Geralt. Siri, like the C I R I. Do they often ask her to set a timer for 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, for that now. hasn't happened so far. Um, but Geralt and this other woman are apparently cursed to love each other. So me to buy fish. The, the, um, the love interest is slot is kind of taken. Okay. Um, but the game is young and there could be lots of gross stuff happening in the future. Is that the metaphor that he uses that her slot is taken? Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, no, that's the metaphor that I use and it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rough. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and and this is a game that like I am, it, it's really like a, a stretch for me to try to make time for it, um, right now. But I am interested in continuing to play it. Are you getting like new gloves and shit? Is it that kind of RPG? Uh, I have not. The game is mechanically very complicated, but not so much equipment wise. Okay, is it like Dark Soulsy? Uh. The, the combat is a little bit Dark Soulsy, but it's it feels more like a more like a brawler in terms of how it how it feels, and more like a um, a, a real time like Bioware RPG in terms of how complicated it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I played. Um, I went and played a bunch of the games. The phone games by the company that made Hidden My Game by Mom. Oh. Um, just to see what the rest of their catalog looked like. And it's a, almost all of it is a lot more, um, traditional, like mechanics driven, like endless runner type stuff. Um, the most interesting one was a game where you play the umpire in a baseball game. And so you're you, calling strikes. You're call, yeah, you're calling like, is this a strike? <clears throat> is this a ball? Is this a foul? And then, like, later on, you start to have to call whether a batter or the runner is safe or out. Okay. Um, and does we? I mean, does weird shit happen where, like, the runner is a giraffe this time? Like in not, Hidden My I, Game? I, I might not have gotten good enough to get to that part. Sorry, a tall goat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed to be pretty straightforward, like, a straightforward implementation of the of the idea. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Um but it was like, uh, yeah, like the most of the fun of Hidden My Game by Mom is just the seeing all the new weird stuff. It's not that it's not that great mechanically. They also made a game called Chaser, which is a game about following a woman down the street. Hmm. And when she turns around, you hide. So it's like red light, green light. It is like that, but themed Way much creeper. more creepily. Yeah. Um, and this is ameliorated somewhat by when you actually, you, she gets to her house. Uh huh. And you walk up and you open the door and you follow her in and then there's a surprise party for you. Huh. So. Okay. I'm not actually not sure what this is recontextualizing this as. Like, 
is when she's like horrified that you're behind her. Is it because she doesn't want she wants you to be surprised by the surprise party? Do you, do you lose if she notices you? Yes. Are you? Okay. I mean, are, are you an adult man? Yes. Okay. So is it like you're trailing her because you think she's having an affair, and Maybe. it turns out she's planning a party for you? Maybe. Yeah. The ending is supposed to make you feel bad. Like the ending of the Undertale tutorial? I, I think that the ending is supposed to, like, make you feel like, oh, I'm not a creep after all. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, Maybe it's, if it's I start following that, women around in the street, I'll get some sweet surprise parties. Yeah, that's why they the do police. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's just okay to do that in Japan. <laughs> yeah, they had finger painting. <laughs> they had a photo booth. Yeah. They had uh what else happens to you when you get arrested that sounds kind of like something that would happen at a party? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> finger painting. Is this de lousing? <laughs> uh, you, you get to drink pruno? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you get to shiv a guy for his cigarettes. That's like a piñata, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> well, assuming that he swallowed them to keep them away from you. And also assume hey, you typically use a knife to bust open a pinata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that a pinata contains cigarettes. It would be bad, right? Because the, all the cigarettes would get broken. Oh, yeah. Well, in the, in, the, in a pinata, and in a guy, they would get wet. And, <laughs> and also, it'd be too dark broken. to read. Yeah, inside inside <laughs> of a guy, it's too wet to smoke. <laughs> I didn't play anything other than that Star Wars game that it was worth talking about. So, are we ready to talk about this assignment? Sure. Slayer yeah, Shock, yeah. game by David Pittman, Minor P, Minor Key Games, Minor P Games, Minor P Games. Minor P games. Uh, I, I really like this game yeah, a lot. It's, it's a game neat. where it's like a, a mission-based stealth slash shooter that's very heavily Buffy the Vampire Slayer influenced and it's good and it feels good to move around and kill vampires and stuff. Uh, I very much like how right when you kill the first vampire in the tutorial is when the title comes up and the music starts playing. I thought that was was really sweet. I also fucking love the music and it is just David playing all of the instruments himself. Like, and it's so, it's minimal, but so good. Yeah, it's like, it's it's well done. I've had it stuck in my head for most of the last week. Mm. I've started the game like two or three times on normal difficulty and found it very difficult. And so I went down one notch and found it very, very doable on the like one easier setting. Um, I found a degenerate strategy apparently that was super OP and just had, I just face rolled it on normal. Hmm. Um, he has since I, I, I switched over to the dev steam stream, steam, Steve, Steve theme, uh, and got a patch from like yesterday where he said he had made some difficulty tweaks and it seems like he basically fixed the thing that I, I wasn't doing it to be degenerate. I just found a weapon and I was like, whoa, this weapon is really good and just never used anything else for the whole rest of the time. Uh, 
I got to I was like, I learned that the so that you, you've got like a team of people who hang out in your base between missions like cafe. that have different roles. Yeah, it's a little um, coffee shop at night. The one bones. of them is the one that teaches you skills. <clears throat> one of them uh, does research on who the like antagonist for this season is. The game is divided into episodes and seasons. Uh, one of them sells you weapons and lets you swap out your weapon loadout, and one of them sells you bracelets, which are like the. And you have to find that the fourth one. The bracelet person, yeah, you have to like find that you get them as a reward mission, and they also sometimes just get killed between missions. Yeah, and sometimes they will like vanish for various reasons. Um, and sometimes some of the other people will vanish for various. So the researcher will sometimes have finals, so she's not there, <laughs> and you then just can't start any new research. I think that the research that doesn't is, happen if you're playing on easy. I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. that that stuff is avoidable, oh. which is good because I I I'm not psyched about that. If I like come back, I want to be able to like <laughs> buy a new thing or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of things about this game feel, and and it is. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out a way to say this that doesn't sound m- mean because what happened with this game is that he needed to make a game in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Th- because David, no one bought Neon Struct. And well, David so Pittman he, just like churns out games incredibly quickly. Like, he But made, this one especially so. This one okay. I, he spent like what, nine or ten months on? I don't know. We should, we should try to figure that out actually. Um, I'm super curious. And it is, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it, but it is... Well, I'm not yeah. going to say there's absolutely nothing wrong it, with it, but like it, it the, does, it's it is perfectly serviceable and a complete product, but like there is so much more potential. It does feel like for it's, it, it's not very limited as in scope. Tuned as it needs to be. Like I I found some like it, the a lot of the upgrade tree like seems like the game doesn't like for example all the platforming stuff. Um yeah, nothing in the levels ever like you learn to mantle in the in the tutorial and then there's never never, there's never there's places where you can do it but there's never a place where you need to and there's like a double jump that you never need um it's fun it is fun like you max out that bottom tree and it makes moving around real fast like you can start doing this like the slide is great slide yeah we just do that all the time yeah um there's also a thing in the tutorial i remembered when i played it again because uh, I wanted to play it on the highest difficulty after I just had no trouble with it all on normal, which that led me to believe that it was tuned way too easy if I like, because that's the kind of game that I'm normally very bad at. Mm. Um, on expert, it's real fucking hard. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And. And so what changes? Is it how fast they recognize you? The, yeah, they they are. Mu- the enemies are much more aware of you. They do way more damage. Uh, you do less damage, I think. Yeah, on on both normal and on hard, I found I was able to just almost in almost every sit- situation I could run up to something and stake it to death before I took much damage. And even in the cases of the enemies that um, uh, soak a bunch of damage, I could just kind of back away while staking them and yeah, heal. you can you can yeah. Um, but that was only after so like. The, it w- there was much more of a challenge before I had, I had the chance to buy any upgrades. So, yep. like, the first three or four uh, missions on both normal and on hard that we were, were actually challenging. Um, and then with uh, health upgrade and with the stake upgrade, it gets a little bit maybe too easy. And the, each new season doesn't seem to get any harder. 
Um, I did eventually get to a season where there were three big bads. Yeah. But they weren't real. Like you didn't really have to fight them together. Yeah. They don't aggro together. You can, you can separate them. I also found that. So you use the same currency to buy skill upgrades that you do to buy ammo. And there's because of the combination of that and the fact that the guns are just kind of garbage compared to the melee weapons, there's no reason to ever buy ammo for anything. Well, except that you get to kill things from a distance. Not, I mean, I I almost never was able to kill anything before it closed on me and I had to switch to melee, Yeah, at which point it was trivial. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, and I don't know what I want there. I mean, I guess I want the item that is the equivalent of the sniper rifle to one-shot things if I hit them in the head. Right. <laughs> for well, the I most part, the which just like... For the for these? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I feel like another couple of patches in this game is going to be great. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still enjoying it already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I played, like, I played through an entire, like, like a, a season... No, uh, uh, like a legacy of it, right? You do five oh, seasons. Four, four seasons. Yeah, you do five. Uh, there's. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was no, surprised I too. That. I, I thought it would end at four because there's achievements well, for like freshman through sophomore when year. It, when it didn't end at four, I was like, okay, I'll just bump up the difficulty. I'll start a new game. Oh yeah, the fifth one is the last one. Okay. And then you start the next game with fifteen legacy points. What is that? And do? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I think maybe you can trade it for dust. You can start with some currency okay. if you figure out how to do that in the UI. But I just kind of looked around the place and couldn't find anything. And then I couldn't really Google it like because like, nobody has really talked about it much okay. yet. Um, like, I would love it if this was a thing sort of like... I don't know, like Minecraft level where whenever I saw some patch notes that some new features were added, I would just like play through it again from the beginning and do all the stuff like. Yeah. So we do. And it's fast to- enough that you can reasonably do that. You could finish a season in an hour. Yeah. Well, so that, so that was my question is, do you tend to move through the episodes quickly or because like I kind of tended to sneak around and try to like do things stealthily and it really does not help. That doesn't support yeah. that playstyle much because it is constantly spawning more enemies behind you. Yeah, like I you feel like that's can't. also going to be something he's working on tuning well, because right not. now the stealth tree is kind of pointless. It's really frustrating. Stealth is hard, and because you yeah. don't, you never, you're never mean, like clearing an area or making an area safe. Or neon anything like struct that. was really. I mean, you can make it safe. It doesn't spawn like it, they, it is constantly spawning the, enemies. The they, minions spawn wherever you're. They out never, looking. they never Wait, stop really? until you until you complete the mission. They come out. Of, I thought they only only came out of coffins. Nope. I didn't know that it actually put new ones out. Yeah, of no. Huh. Like if you if you turn around, sometimes there are just enemies behind you that you like an area that you just like cleared mm. definitively. I was just sprinting and killing everything with a silver katana the entire time after I got the silver katana. Yeah. Never stopped running, never bothered trying to be stealthy. <laughs> and Did like, you bother like, searching for chests and nope. levels and stuff? No. Yeah. I, okay, so I, started, like, I was just playing this completely differently. I started doing almost – I what my the best possible scenario was a patrol mission in the farm because <laughs> it would oh, take just, like yeah, just straight shot 15 seconds. You just yeah. run over to this thing, hit it, run. Yeah. You'd often never even encountered an enemy if yeah. you didn't want to. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's a very different way of playing. And I, you're dust. You're getting a lot less dust because you're not killing the elites and higher monsters and stuff, though. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, I still maxed out every upgrade tree in the first season and never because the I was first never, season. Yeah. Wow. Really? 
Maybe I was two. playing this super conservatively, maximizing, like pulling, maybe two, killing maybe everything. Two. Maybe you get more dust I on the higher like, levels. Yeah, I feel like it took like two and a half seasons for me yeah, to I was gonna max maybe everything. Two. And I, yeah, I didn't. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I definitely found like, I, I went through phases in playing the game and in, like in one of them, I was definitely like searching every house in the suburb yeah. for chests, which is terrible. It, it's that made it very unfun. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It is not rewarding. There's there. And, I think maybe and I should go back and play it with ju- where I just try to get the, complete so the objective as fast I, as possible. And I found move, myself move yeah. thinking about like what I would do to make the environments more interesting. And I didn't really have a ton of like, it would be nice if there were more things to get than just those chests, because mm-hmm. for the most part, they contain a little bit of currency. They will almost always just refill your bandages. Well, so, no, they always refill your bandages, and it's it oh. spent. You get less dust if if you like. It's basically every chest is six, well, like least, on budget? the easy mode. Every chest okay. is sixty seven. Like every no, sorry, every chest is thirty four dust. If it's locked, it's sixty seven. If you get a bandage, you minus seven. If you get two oh. bandages, you minus fourteen. Or huh, I have no like idea. That. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, they'll give you ammo if you have yep, items will, that you don't have ammo It will give you a certain amount of for. ammo. I think up to ten. Okay. Or something which also deducts from the dust that's in the chest. That's interesting. It's yeah. It's it's an interesting system that's like very. I mean, I, like I sort of wish that there were like ammo crates and dust. Ca- right. I wish that there were little floating bits of dust out in the world to collect, yeah. just the, so that the there was like three, some the reason to go of into dust a place in the like in the intro dream yeah. thing was like oh well there should just be totally like so someone another slayer must have gone through this cave yeah, first yeah, yeah. there there's there totally should be some dust in it like if you bust a coffin open exactly there are in so in the new patch there is a new mode called trick-or-treat which okay. is just destroy all the glowing coffins and there are glowing coffins that either contain dust or an elite right hmm. instead of a normal minion uh, um, which I hadn't noticed before. How like, many different I like it if you, I would like if you there? if you could get bandages by going into the bathrooms right. of houses. Because <laughs> like, the bathrooms are like always locked. They're always locked, and there's never anything in them because yeah. there's not any room for a there's, chest to spawn. There's just a, like there are like three jokes in the bathroom, and that's the entire oh, point what's of the, the bathroom. Like, jokes. The, well, the jokes are like you can, you can flush the, the toilet, toilet. Flush the toilet. You can turn on the sink. You can switch the toilet paper roll. F- which side of the, okay. the paper is hanging on? And both actions are labeled fix, which is great. Yeah. Agreed. Like I yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh G- like totally totally acceptable use of development time. Sure. Yes. Like Agreed. 100%. Um Yeah, like having just more varied micro goals would help the, a lot. And the thing the thing that we are complaining about about this game is that we like it and we want there to be more of it. Yeah. Like that, that is the takeaway here. Like, I, you know, I, like I was thinking about this as I was like walking to the bus today. I was like, what, you know, man, you know, what would be cool is if you got to play one season as like a willow character. So oh, instead like of weapons, you just had spells mm, yeah. that used that like used dust as a consumable for currency right. like use, you know, so and there were different like different, trees and different spells that you could trees. use to like, yeah, yeah, to like support stealth or just or if there was one where you were like the army boyfriend from the season with Adam and you had real guns, you know, and so like like I don't know what that would mean. <laughs> but Or if you play as Xander and you just aren't good at anything. But that might be fun mm-hmm. in its own way, right? Like you could figure out a way to make that. Or it turns out that he's good at 
uh, camouflage or something. He's the only one who can stealth effectively. Doesn't he? Yeah. He retains all the skills. Of Xander the- retained all the military knowledge from right. from that one episode where they everybody turned into what they were dressed as for Halloween. Halloween yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a way that he was useful <laughs> later right. in the series. Um, you know, the guy drinks a lot. He- <laughs> The man, I, I definitely want more games like this. Like yep. Eldritch was an interesting take on this kind of thing. This is an interesting take. Like they're all, and I, d- I didn't love. I mean, there were a lot of things about Eldritch that I liked, but fundamentally, I felt like a permadeath stealth game, like a permadeath game with required stealth, was just not my. The death penalty in this is so minor, right? Like you eventually lose. Eventually, sure, the, the everything season becomes... just ends if every like the threat level in different regions goes up and this is another kind of like the system of of buddies at the coffee shop it seems like well he had a lot of ideas for this and then he scoped it down to a manageable number of ideas to use and so it ends up feeling a little that they get different the people get different dialogue if you're losing a lot which is interesting yeah um different things will say Oh, just like people will start getting depressed and then they'll say uh, things like, you know, I know you must feel really, you feel yeah. like you're doing a good job, but like, I guess we still believe in you. Like, like one of them was like, I think I'm going to, you know, go down to Texas. This is, this is a, isn't a fight we can win. Right. Yeah. Um, which is cool. And on with a, with a game where it was tuned to be more tense and you were going to lose submissions, like which when I was playing on the hardest difficulty, like it definitely, even when I was playing on normal after this most recent patch and the silver katana wasn't just like crazy OP, uh, it was like, oh, every once in a while I just fuck up and lose a mission because I wasn't watching my health. And like, do so when characters get killed, uh, when like uh, your like compatriots, do they ever they never come back? You can always rediscover a, a new. Yeah, you can always rescue a new person to okay. fill that role. Um, and like, if you start a new game, like it's entirely different people. Yeah. In the the different roles, which is weird, or was weird the first time. I, I had one where it was Zach and Kevin, yeah, <laughs> with two NPCs in the room, two, the two male NPCs. Oh, nice! And I was like, cool. I, did um, they fall in love? Uh, they did not. The two the two female okay. uh, NPCs fell in love. So what were their names? Uh, I don't remember. I had a really hard time in my playthrough telling the NPCs apart. Yeah, I just always talk to all four of them. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish that, like, I had to just run up and mouse over them to see which person they were. Yeah. I kind of wish it used some rules, like, uh, the weapon guy is always wearing a red shirt or yeah. whatever. Like, no, yeah. you know, the researcher always has glasses. Because the researcher a, might always, might always have glasses. nerd. Maybe that is how it works. So yeah. Just, or a bun or something. Hmm. Or Could, be Giles. Librarian, but yeah, Giles. Kind of makes me want to watch Buffy again, but I don't really. Want I wanted to. there to be more magic. Uh, I got so in season two, which is about as far as I got. Uh, I started fighting. I found uh, I fought a um, a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Are there? Does it keep adding more monsters as the seasons progress? No, I think uh, you I can think... get werewolves in the first. They're just okay. rare. Oh, okay. And they yeah. hate vampires. Yeah, the werewolves. Oh. Like, well, every time what happened for me was that they would start fighting some of the other monsters in the level and. Like, a couple of times I intervened, and then I just had to kill everything. Right. And then the times I haven't intervened, like, the fight just went on until I was done with that level. <laughs> like, I've ne- I never saw one of those fights end. 
Yeah, they wonder if they don't actually do any damage they to each tuned other. To do very much, to, they do. You can watch their hit points go down. Oh. I think, but it might only be when you're nearby. <laughs> like that might actually be the way looking, that you they would. Just, they turn around and have a yeah, smoke they're just, break, they're having a having a <laughs> yeah. dance party. Yeah, or they go off shift. <laughs> like yeah, the right. werewolf walks off and clocks out and says hello to the new werewolf that's walking in and <laughs> clocking in. Definitely the tensest moments I had with this game were trying to get the uh, stealth achievement. Yeah, that was really hard. I never managed. Me either. Well, I guess that's I, I, so. I like the very first the very first mission that had the optional stealth thing for me. I got and I was like, ah oh, man, this is this is hard, but it feels really. And then I could never get it. I was it always got canceled for oh, me again after that. Yeah, that's one of the hidden achievements. I actually accidentally managed to get three of them. Because um, there's the what? there's the like. One of the so you, there's an achievement for this spoilers for people who want to try to figure out the hidden achievements themselves because uh, there's a bunch of just basic like progression achievements but then there's four that they don't tell you what they are maybe five uh, one of them is to actually win the tutorial fight that you're supposed to lose oh I didn't know oh. you're supposed to lose that oh did you get the achievement for winning it uh, the, yeah, yeah when yeah. the big boss appears at the end of it oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I totally won that <laughs> okay I lost I lost it the first time but that that's one of them uh there is one to finish a season as fast as it is possible to do so so finishing it in just seven episodes there is one to do the finale in the only remaining non-lost right. map location I did that one in the itchio version so I don't have the achievement yeah I did Starting the game and finishing freshman year in the Itchio version, which it's the saves are across yeah. itchy, the Itch and Steam versions. So I just started a new one and played through the first season to get that, or right, the, the right. first uh, yeah season to get that achievement. The I feel like the the um, threat level mechanic. I don't see any real disincentive for letting everything but one region get to five. A lot of people in the Steam forums were also saying that because, I mean, you you no longer get a choice over what mission yeah. to take. And if you lose, you always you're like you're just definitely going to like lose the season. Mm. What like what? What do you mean by you don't see a disadvantage? Like, like uh, w- what happened to me? T- I was so my first season, I played pretty poorly and lost. I think all but one region. Okay. Um, and then that region was just constantly a threat zero because I was doing nothing but missions there, and it never doubled up. Like, not that I noticed, because there are random events that will increase or decrease the threat level in an area that you're not playing in. Yeah. And I don't know that that's limited to areas you're not playing. I in. don't know either. Yeah, no, I don't. Remember. I I kind of wish that more of the, the all of the random stuff was always bad. It was like somebody broke into your house and stole a bunch of vampire dust, or there was one. There was one time the threat level went down. Yeah, I saw yeah, that yeah. Happened. When a, like a vigilant, like a citizens group manages to kill a vampire, and yeah. and the threat level goes down. But but like it was like seventy five or ninety percent of the time or whatever it's the same thing with the stuff that happens with your crew right it's never like these two people are dating now and so they have a cool discount they had a cool idea for a new thing you could build or whatever right right? like uh just no it's always like nope they're gone yeah they're sitting they're going to be sitting together now and also now this person is dead or yeah it would be cool if they got kidnapped and then you had to go rescue them in a like a Mm -hmm. high stick because like as opposed to them just dying. If vampires are yeah. alerted to you, they will kill the <clears throat> hostages in those yeah. rescue missions, which is a neat that is a neat mechanic that mechanic. I didn't know about for 
my entire first like legacy playthrough. Um, I really hope that this game makes if enough you, money that he can keep working on it for a while a and add all the stuff that he very obviously they can, wants they can, to add. They can be like they can become aware of it and kill it <laughs> while it's running away. Oh yeah, I think. does do it you, count? Do you, do you then lose? I don't think you lose the credit yeah. for it. I don't remember. Exactly. The, the hostage mechanic is weird because a lot of the time you just find a hostage just sitting out there, not with no monsters right. nearby, and you're just telling them, "Look, okay, I run, idiot." Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you tell them to run, and they run pa- through a crowd of monsters, <laughs> and they don't even pay attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It seems like the vampires are only aware of the hostages when they are aware of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. And like, I mean, if you think about it too hard, like. Why are you patrolling this suburban neighborhood that's entirely vampires? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Maybe maybe this is their town and you're the person that needs yeah. to Oh, yeah. That. Maybe you are legend. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, buy this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I like the upgrade system. I like the weapons. Yeah. I like... I, I don't know if this is just because I was playing on easy, but... It was fun killing minions with that stake because you're just kind of eh, and they pop, and they pop, die. Pop, yeah, pop. ah, it was just I'm yeah. just I'm not even really stabbing this guy. I'm just kind of poking him with a pointy stick and he explodes. <laughs> yeah, the um the taboo enemy oh, type, the one that the I have, I have like, not yet not almost been killed by that explosion. That, yeah. see, that, those yeah. are the ones that you definitely want a ranged weapon for because yeah. you like get the, you yeah, get the health get, real low and then you back away and you shoot them. You can get far enough away from a melee attack. If you, if you sprint, yeah. if you, you sprint away, you can... Sprint away. If you sprint away and you're wearing the thing that makes you... If you're wearing the bracelet that makes you run faster, which oh. is also like... So I, I use the bracelet that makes you run faster and the bracelet that makes it so uh, there's no disadvantage to forcing locks. Hmm. Oh. So it made lock picking just like hammer pop, on pop, right pop. click until it was open instead of playing the game. It's not a very good lock picking it's game. Yeah, fine. It's it's more realistic than a lot of them are, but it's yeah. I guess it's that's something. true, but it's just like it's like you're doing this thing that like it seems like it increases the awareness radius it of does. the vampires yeah. around yeah. you yeah, and so it's like eh. yeah. Yeah. And they hear it even more if you if you force, force it. it. Yeah. 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 Which is why you have to kill everything around before you can pick the locks. That's a good game. It's kind of mind-blowing that it's just one person making these things. And in that amount of time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess, you you know, you can amortize, like, engine work. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because this feels very much like it's in the Neon Struct engine. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Was it always the flyers? Seems like seemed like they had made up band names on them, and I was wondering if that was. I I don't think they changed. Okay. That no. That's what I would do if I were making that game. I would spend a lot of time there making was, a procedural band name generator for the posters on the there wall. There was at the more shop. procedural generation than I expected. Like I think, like all your party members are. Made out of components, I think maybe. There's a lot of variation in the monsters, yeah. And the elites that you fight. Um, I feel like I noticed new environment sections in this new patch. Oh, yeah. Also, okay. But I don't know that maybe I just didn't see them before. They're definitely the like university maps were way more complicated than they ever were when oh, I interesting. Okay. went there. Um, I wonder how variable those are because I definitely noticed a bunch of 
like there were some that were way involved and some that were much more straightforward. So, yeah, I don't have a real good sense. Well, that's of, the only one where that has this the, the different levels. Yeah, like the up and down. the multi. Yeah, yeah the multiple floors. Right. right. I mean, some of the houses and oh, yeah, like there yeah, were two story houses, like, but they weren't like connected very together. T- very small and spaces. the town yeah. that has the train station, like the the train station that you can go downstairs in. Oh, that's what that is. Is that a train station? Oh there's no, no, there's the, the school. You're thinking of the school, right? The, What's the one with the? Weir- there's dark? like multiple levels, like the, the university, because it's there's, no. There's there's like there's, I know that. Stuff. There's there is one. Old that is town, a town has like a. Is an indoor like a, area with two floors. Yeah, and it's yeah, got the, like, like the, red, the, the red upper floor pillars. is just the like balcony. All yeah, around. what is what is that? What is that place? There's plants all over it. I don't know. Church, like when you said uh, train station, I was like, oh, that's maybe. Plausible. There is a train. The train station is something else. The train station is the one that has the benches and is yeah. Is in oh that's a train station, huh? <laughs> because I think because they're sort of procedurally generated, they don't always look. Yeah, like I actually thing. like that. Why? Is there not a graveyard level? Like, that seems like for yeah, Buffy. Question. That, I mean, is it like. Because that's where she would always patrol in the yeah, show. Yeah. Like, that's where most of the outdoor scenes took place, yeah, was just a in point. a giant cemetery. Is it because. It's two on the nose. Is it because, like, this place in Nebraska where doesn't, David set this game doesn't have doesn't a giant have cemetery yeah, with maybe. big mausoleums? Maybe I mean, just not anymore, considering all the vampires I, that are wandering around. It probably also does there. not have a cave. I mean, every every like, place is sort of a graveyard if you put enough coffins in it. Sure. That's true. I mean, and uh, yeah, on a long enough time scale. Uh, I mean, when there's no you and you're in a graveyard, everywhere's a graveyard. The cornfield is sort of like a graveyard. That's true. It's the if graves just, of a bunch of corn seeds. Whenever somebody dies, they, they plant a, a corn stalk. Hmm. Okay. Uh, for our next assignment, uh, which is another Patreon backer suggestion, we are going to play Armello, which is chocolate on the outside and Armel on the inside. It's a, it's like Sounds a delicious. trading card furry RPG. RPG. Nougat. Yeah. There's no nougat in a caramello. I was just going with candy in general. Is that just caramel? It's like, a, it's like a weird, uh, like soupy caramel too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Nice Marshmallow. Is that nice? Really? I like it. I, although I don't like it as much as I like the cheaper version of it that was in the like candy bars that you would sell when you were in band or whatever. The like fundraiser candy bars. It's like Rolos. That's, that's like a, that's a good chewy. Yeah. That's, that's a like a almost, almost a milk dud. Like a, like a sort of a, <laughs> I prefer it to a milk dud. Rotational trapezoid. Yeah. The milk, of a milk dud will take your crowns out. Yeah. Milk does are hard to. Yeah. You end Rolos, up having Rolos to like really like, force yourself to swallow right. a big chunk of that just caramel right. all at once. So we're and playing. At that point, oh, why don't you just spit it out? We're playing milk duds. <laughs> milk duds are almost gum. Yeah. Like, you can chew on them long enough. You really can. If you um, if you just like keep it in your mouth without biting on it until all the chocolate's gone, yeah. then it's like a weird chocolate or a weird caramel gum. Yeah. Good, good candy review, everybody. I guess it is October. It's appropriate. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Next what's, week we'll talk about uh, tart candies. What's your, what's your, no, let's talk about. Let's keep talking about candy. Jim, okay. what's your favorite candy? Oh jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. I never had those. Are they good? They orange juice flavored. I I really like the red licorice to the point where like I just can't have it. It's just not safe. Like, are you a Twizzlers man or a red, red vines? Vine. Oh, yeah. I'm not picky. 
Oh, okay. Huh. Yes. You don't have an opinion. Huh. Those. Uh, huh. They're usually pretty polarizing. They've got very yeah. different textures. The no, taste no, is. I mean, the taste is pretty distinct. Does I it, don't. And it has to be red, not not other colors. I don't and mind. I, mean, I like a licorice. Do you like black red, licorice? The, I like all licorice. It's, what about? I've never had licorice. I didn't like even the kind that was really salty. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Offices. Yeah, the weird. I still enjoy that. Or Japanese yeah, it or is. It is like we do get access to a lot of weird candy because of all of the candy that Idle Thumbs listeners send yep. to them in quantities that no responsible adult would ever eat. <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about with the red licorice, by the way. Like, yeah, just, okay. So that's Twizzlers. If, if there is no, a, sorry, that's Red Vines. Red Vines. If, if there is a container of Red Vines <laughs> in front of me or like in my possession. Red Vines like, are purchased internally. Red Vines, the office manager buys at Costco. Oh, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought those were... Uh, luckily, I haven't <laughs> seen those. It took me a minute to understand what you meant by red vines are purchased internally. <laughs> yeah. uh, you buy them in your heart. Yeah, yeah inside, of, inside of a dog. Pull them out of, uh, red vines are the best you can hope for. For many years, uh, I, I would give Zach uh, flavored licorice. Yeah, you like your Christmas. you basically gave me an inf- a never ending supply of licorice as a Christmas gift for five or six years. But that I think that might not happen this year. Yeah, it's sad. I'm still getting through the last batch that oh, you good. got me. I don't okay. I don't eat nearly as much of it. Okay, these days. We, I guess we haven't gone backpacking. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I like me uh, those giant chewy sweet tarts. Those uh, are pretty those good. are pretty good, and you get that. Crazy wad of flavored phlegm when you're done sucking. Yeah, <clears throat> I I'm mostly a Skittles man. Skittles are Skittles, Skittles are, good. are good, and they're fun to sort. Yeah, they are. I I like yep. I prefer either like my two go tos <clears throat> are either a hard sour lemon drop or a uh, a Mounds bar. Mm. I, yeah, Mounds I not Almond Joy. No, nah, I don't like the extra nut being in there. I like just the straight hmm. chocolate over the coconut. And mounds are dark chocolate. I, you know, yeah. I'll bet at this point in my life I would prefer mounds to almond joy. I I really like Baby Ruth as a candy bar. Yeah, it's pretty good. I More, like a Twix. A, a nice thing about mm-hmm. an almond joy is that Twix the almond is, is like pretty removable if you aren't into it. You can just like excise it with a scalpel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, or you could just buy a mounds bar. <laughs> Yeah. No, but it's a different kind of chocolate. Almond Joy is milk chocolate oh, and is Mounds it? is dark oh, chocolate. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that, then that defeats their whole fucking advertising campaign. Sometimes you yeah. feel like a nut and a different kind of chocolate. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it defeats it. It confounds it, certainly. Uh. It. I, like, the fact that that commercial featured a character that was made up to be a man on the left half of the body and a woman on the right half of the body yep. and did a tango with itself while singing Almond Joy's Got Nuts, Mounds. swing around, mounds don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is a ballsy, like, to pardon the single entendre there, that is a ballsy fucking advertising move that I don't think that anyone actually paid attention to, much like the chocolate and vanilla moo latte that they <laughs> sold at Dairy Queen in like 2010. The yeah, the the sometimes like, you feel like a nut thing was way earlier. That's 20 20 years before. Yeah, but I don't know. That that honestly seems like it wouldn't get past like 80s network sensors. I don't think that people were nearly as enlightened in the 80s as you think they were. Ah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. Eat Almond Joy, it'll make your nuts big. I don't think they would have let that get through. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Serious, I know I've gone the, off on this before, but look words. up this moulatte thing. It's fucking absurd that that was allowed to exist. Is it? Is it? Is it brown? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a. It is doctrinally what it is is a mixture of chocolate and vanilla, oh. and it's called the moulatte okay. because okay. it's fucking milk and coffee. Ostensibly, moo as in like a cow, and latte as in coffee. That sounds delicious. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> anyway, not PC guys. Uh, you know who this episode of uh, uh, Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Ooh, Dairy Queen. Yeah, our generous Patreon backers such as Dairy Queen yeah. and Burger King <laughs> and Mike Donaldson, Carl Jr., <laughs> Prince Charles. <laughs> uh. Uh, R- Panda Express. R- RB. <laughs> C.H. Ipotle. <laughs> Q.P.F. <Pf>. Chang. <laughs> Guys, I've had a great time recording episode number 259 of Video Games Hot Dog, and I hope we do it again real soon. And I bet we do. I bet we do it in about a week. Hey, and listeners, I hope you'll join us. And I bet you do. I bet you do in about a week. And until then, Jim. Make a hamburger out of farts. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Why is this on me now? Send me your audio, Rick. Okay. I'm Agatha Christie. <laughs> oh, no. Miss Marple says. Send me. <laughs> Good night, man. Good night. I feel like there's probably got to be there's got to be a culture out there that doesn't require people to be dead for to have, to have ghosts. Yeah, like in uh, I mean in like the Golden Compass, they had those demons that were like <clears throat> external manifestations. little animals that were mm. external external manifestations of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their souls. Something. Sort of. Yeah, they were like soul linked. Yeah, they had autonomy, but but they got be... they they got hurt if you got too far away. 
Yeah, and they, and it would you'd be just used you'd be like lobotomized if they died if you didn't if your connection was severed like that was the whole was it lobotomized or was it just like a feeling of emptiness forever? It's like lobotomized <clears throat> like that, and that's how I would describe lobotomized. What's going on? Oh no! For a minute there, I lost <clears throat> myself. I lost myself. Did you find yourself? If we had a better recording setup, it <clears throat> wouldn't happen. Ah. Riff, are you recording? Uh, yes. One, two, three.